Well, good evening, everyone. Um, thank you so much for that. Very warm welcome. That, well, wow, I'll definitely come back again next time. Thanks so much for that. As Toby said, my name's Sheldon, and um, I'm married to Rachel. She was here in the morning service, and we've got three daughters, so um, Evie, Bella, and Ellie. Um, and yeah, we've been a part of St. Nick's now for two years, and we just absolutely love being here. We just think you guys are absolutely amazing. Um, this week has actually been quite a special week in the Carlisle House for two main reasons. Number one, 21 years ago this week exactly, I made a journey from Exeter to Bristol to come to a wedding, the wedding of Andy and Kate Spence, who are part of this church as well, who are my friends from university. Um, and the reason the weekend was special, I'm sure it was pretty special for them, uh, but the main reason it was special for me was the day after I went to a barbecue, and at that barbecue, I met the most amazing, delightful, wonderful student nurse. Um, and I'm delighted to say that for the past 17 years, she's been my wife, and she's amazing. Um, yeah, that's Rachel. She's pretty, pretty epic. So it, a warning from me to all of you. If you get an invitation to a wedding... Be careful which one you say yes to, because it could change your life. So that, there's my little warning. Um, but the second reason this week has been pretty, pretty cool is that um, Friday night was prom night. Um, not the BBC proms, that's just small fry. It was prom night for my daughter, Bella. Um, and um, having mortgaged my kidneys, uh, I was able to drum up some money to go and buy the dress to buy the bag. We had a hairdresser come to the house to do her and her best friend's hair. It was all very exciting. Uh, probably the most expensive part of the evening was my 120th, give or take, share of a party bus. Now, I'm sure all of you have been on a party bus. I'd never seen a party bus before. It's truly terrifying. Uh, imagine a limousine big and wide with a widescreen TV and karaoke um, and all of this. And she's 11. That's not 18. I, I beg his belief. But anyway, but the most uh, challenging part of getting ready for, for prom was actually finding the right shoes. Um, none of mine fitted her, so we had to uh, commandeer the local Amazon delivery driver, who I think has nicknamed me Mr. Shoe, because a bit like the Archduke from Cinderella, uh, he spent a fair amount of time coming to the door and bringing all the fair shoes from the land for Bella to try. But we found the right one. But the reason it's important is because actually, as you'll discover, uh, she's on the balcony, she's shouting at me, um, as you'll discover, um, Shoes complete the outfit, as I've been reliably informed. Um, and today, as we finish our series on Ephesians 6, as we come to the end of the armor bit, there's one more uh, episode next week, we're going to complete the armor that Paul has been going through in Ephesians 6 with the shoes. So if you could turn in your Bibles, if you've got one, to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start reading um, at verse 10, and we're going to read through to verse 20. The words should be up on the screen. Thank you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, 
you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. So stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist, buckled around your waist. And today's verse, with the, in a moment, sorry, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And here's today's verse. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And a bit that we're going to look at as well today. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Father God, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray would you speak to our hearts. Would you bring these words to life, Lord? Would they be uh, fuel to our bones, Lord, as we look to share you with a world that so desperately needs the good news of your gospel? Come on, help us now, Lord, and help me now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the idea of God giving us armor for the Christian life, that actually we need armor to effectively live out the Christian life and to stand when the battles come. Now to stand and to hold ground in any battle, you need the right shoes. Now when Paul wrote Ephesians here, when he was writing, he was chained to a Roman soldier. So he was looking him up and down. And as we've looked at all the different components of the armor, he's used analogies to help us understand the Christian walk in light of the armor. And he looks at the soldier's shoes. Now when he was writing, any um, self-respecting soldier who was preparing for battle and needed a good trusty pair of shoes would pop down to Foot Locker and he would get a pair of these. I've got a little picture of, a f of, of what he would have been wearing, which may appear, but if they don't, it doesn't matter. They were a fancy pair of sandals called Caligas. Oh, there we go. Look at that. There's the Caligas. In fact, Eloise is sporting a pair this evening, so you can have a little look at those a bit later on. That's the Caligas. Now, these Caligas were, were fantastic because they had a number of unique selling points that really sold them. Number one, they were made of the finest ox leather, which meant they were durable. They featured adjustable straps. Are yours adjustable, Eloise? I hope they are. Which meant they could be adjusted and were comfy and didn't chafe, which is pretty good. They were breathable, making them the ideal marching boot. Maybe not in England in the rain, but certainly in the Mediterranean climate, it was pretty good. But the best part of the shoe was what was underneath. And there was a second picture there you might have seen a moment ago. In the sole of the shoe, there were these metal studs that had been hammered in, and they were called hobnails. Can you all say hobnails? Good word. Uh, they were hobnails, and what they did was they gave you grip so that when you were standing ready to fight and you had your shield and your sword and you were in your testudo formation, if anyone doesn't know what on earth I'm talking about, listen to Josh's preach from last year, last week. It's a formation the soldiers were in where they'd link their shields together and they would stand to fight. 
And with these hobnails in the shoes, it gave you the ability to hold your ground when the enemy stormed at you and tried to ram you over. You were able to hold your ground. As well as this, those little hobnails made incredible stomping noises when the, when the soldiers were marching. So it's kind of as they marched up and down. It's a beautiful noise, I know. Sorry about that. It may, but it was a terrifying noise for the enemy as they were marching. So it was these sandals that the Roman armies used to give them the grip and the ability to hold ground in battle. And I want to use this analogy that Paul is using of the sandals today to give us three encouragements that we as Christians today in 2023, or if you're not a Christian yet, actually there's some encouragement here for you today, and I'd love you to take encouragement from this text. So number one, my question to you this evening is, have you got your shoes on? You might be thinking, well, what earth does putting shoes on have to do with Christianity? What's it all about? Well, you see, when it comes to the Christian life, it all starts with an encounter with Jesus. That's the starting point where we meet Jesus and we decide if we want to let him into our lives or not. For me, that came at age 17. I was very privileged to have grown up in a Christian home with Christian parents. But by the time I got to age 17, I was having a bit of a wobble where I was thinking, is this for me? Can I really base my life on Jesus? Is this really the way I want to go? And when I was 17, I was in a meeting one Sunday evening, much like this. And there was a band playing, and it was awful, like absolutely horrendous. They were a bluegrass band, and I apologize to anyone here who likes bluegrass music, but if you don't know what bluegrass music is, imagine four men lined up in maybe their 60s or 70s playing banjos. The kind of dung da dung da dung 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 and they were singing about Jesus. dung da dung da dung 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 It was awful. It was terrible. I just wanted to get out of there. But in the middle of that evening, Jesus suddenly stopped me dead in my tracks, and I felt him say to my heart, what's it going to be? Are you going to follow me? And in that moment, I knew it was time to make a decision. And it's 27-ish years later, and I can say that decision I made that day to follow Jesus was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And over the 27 years that have followed that decision, when I was 17 years old, I have faced many storms, I've faced many battles, but the thing that has held me has been that decision to follow Jesus. Some of you may know a bit about our story, but seven years ago, my wife, Rach, got very poorly and ended up in hospital. And the doctors were all scratching their heads. They just didn't know what was wrong with her. And she was in for quite a long period of time. And she came home. And what quickly became apparent was that she wasn't going to be getting better anytime soon. And that moment changed everything for us as a family. We had three small girls, two, four, and six, and suddenly life changed because we realized that Rach wasn't getting better anytime soon. And what we have learned to do and what we have clung to over the seven years that have followed is the rock-solid foundation of Jesus under our feet. And what we've learned to do is we've learned how to get our shoes on and dig deep into him. That we can hold ground when the storms come and when health dips, we dig deep and we get our feet 
stuck on the foundation of Jesus. And that grip, that faith in him, is what has carried us through. Now, for some of you here, you may say, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm not sure about all of this. This all sounds wonderful and interesting. I'm just not sure this is for me. Well, I just want to first say, welcome. You are so welcome here this evening, and you are in the right place to be asking questions like that. And the question I would like you to ask yourself this evening is this, what is my confidence in life built on? What is my confidence in life built on? Now, for some of you, it might be in your abilities. It might be in your achievements. Maybe you've done great things, and you think, yeah, that's where my confidence in life stands. It might be the letters after your name or, or, or the title you have. It could be in your own morality or goodness. You feel, I'm a good person, actually. I'm confident in my own goodness. Maybe it's in someone else. It's when I'm with this person, I feel confident and safe. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's in how much money you've got in the bank. We all found our confidence in different places. But as we've read this passage this evening from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians, what he's saying is actually it's only when your feet are fitted with the gospel of peace that you are ready to face the trials of life and to stand and you might say, well, why do I need this gospel of peace? What's that all about? Well, gospel means good news. And this peace, we need it for one particular reason. You see, my friends, whether we admit it or not, every one of us in the course of our lives have messed up. We've got things wrong. We've made mistakes. We've hurt other people. We've hurt ourselves. We've made decisions that we now look back on and think, why, why did I do that? Maybe we've said or done or even thought things that we would just die if everyone in this room knew about. And the thing is, when we've made all those choices, what we don't realize is that they have put a barrier between us and God. All those ways in which we've fallen short of God's perfection have put a barrier between us and him. And no matter how many good deeds we do, it can never take it away. But this is where the good news comes in. This is where the good news comes in. Because what Jesus did was he was sent by the Father to die on a cross, to take away the blame that you and I have built up for all the things we've done wrong. And he took it all on himself. And in place, he gives us forgiveness and he gives us peace. That's why it's called the gospel of peace. Because what happens is when Jesus took the penalty for all of that, what he also did was he removed that barrier. When we put our trust in him, and we put on these shoes of peace, the, the barrier is removed, and we come into relationship with God the Father. And we swap a life of striving and stress for a life of peace and hope and confidence, not in us, but in him. That's why this is so important to us. And you might be sitting there and thinking, this all sounds amazing, but I want to know more. Well, may I encourage you to come on an Alpha course? It was so lovely to hear Lucy's story about coming on Alpha and having questions and getting them answered. Questions are good, and Alpha is a wonderful opportunity to bring all those questions, to come and wrestle with them, to come and share them with others, to come and learn from others and let them learn from you. 
We're going to be running another one again in the autumn. It'd be lovely to have you along. If you're thinking, I've got questions to ask, come on, Alpha. But this evening, Jesus invites every single one of us to trust him to be that foundation in our lives. And if you feel like I did when I was 17 years old, where I think, I, this is for me, the great thing is you can start that journey with Jesus anytime. And I'm going to be praying a prayer a bit later on where you can respond if you want to start that journey tonight. So number one, have you got your shoes on? Number two, be prepared to share what you have found. Be prepared to share what you have found. The common English uh, translation of the Bible of verse 15 in chapter 6 puts it a bit like this. It says, put shoes on your feet so that you are ready to spread the good news of peace. This passage in Ephesians uh, 6.15 has echoes of some very beautiful words in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7. And they go something like this. Well, they do go like this, not something. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. My friends, when Jesus has changed your life and you put your shoes of peace on, wherever you go, you take good news with you. You take it with you. In fact, you carry the best and most important news the world is ever going to hear. Peter in 1 Peter 3.15 gives this encouragement. He says, always... Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Sometimes we can really worry about how to share our faith. How do I do it? What do I say? Do I have to have the perfect moment with the perfect words, with the perfect musical accompaniment? Maybe it has to be really special and I'm going to wait for that special moment. But actually from 1 Peter here, he's saying, no, that's not the way to do it. It's just every life living. Be ready in every moment of every day as you're going to school, as you're going to college, as you're going to work, as you, with your family, your friends, in your halls, wherever you may be. Be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. I remember um, when Rach and I were dating, uh, we were engaged to be married. She was in London. I was here in Bristol. And um, at the time, I was um, working in an office. And just outside my office door, there was a bank of PAs who all sat on a big bank there. Um, and they were very, very worried about me. Very worried about me. And um, the reason they were so worried about me was that Rach and I were getting married having never lived together. Now, this was a scandal in the office. It was scandalous. Everyone was outraged. And people vocalized very strongly some caution to me and said, are you sure this is a good idea? For me, it was a phenomenal opportunity to share my faith, to have the opportunity to explain that actually the decisions that Rach and I were making in life were based on a faith. And what was quite exciting is years later, um, I've got two stories to tell, but for time I'm going to tell the one. Years later, one of the members of that PA grouping 
came on an Alpha. I actually took the plunge and thought, I'm going to invite her to Alpha. So I invited her to Alpha, fully expecting her to say no, as we all do. Maybe it's just me. But she said yes. And I went, great. So Rachel and I were running this Alpha in our living room. And she came along every single week. And she took notes every single week. She came on the Holy Spirit weekend away, took notes, listened intently. And I was thinking all the way along, I wonder how this is going. This is, I hope this is going well. Anyway, she got in touch with my wife, Rach, and said, can I come round for a coffee? And Rach said, yeah, of course. She popped round, she sat on the sofa, and she said to Rach, I'm ready. I'd like to pray the prayer, please. And Rach was like, okay. And they sat on the sofa and prayed the prayer that we will be looking at at the end of the service, putting your trust in Jesus. And that was because of a whole host of conversations we had had over a period of time in that office. Now, I'd like to pretend to you that I get it right all the time, and I take every opportunity that comes along, and I smash it out the park. But I'd be lying if I said that. In fact, I'm embarrassed to say I got it wrong this week. Now, on Wednesday, I was with Bella, and she's quite cricket mad, and we were up at the Women's Ashes, um, and I was chatting to one of the dads from cricket, uh, and we were just talking about, you know, the game and what have you, and he said, oh, are you going to be at the game on Sunday? Today. Uh, the girls were meant to be playing today. Uh, it rained. Uh, but he said, are you going to be at the game? And I said, oh, no, I'm not. And he was like, he jokingly feigned outrage, but said, what? You're not going to be at the game? What are you talking about? What could possibly keep you from the game? And I thought about it. And obviously, knowing that today I was going to be preaching twice on the whole topic of being bold with your faith and being ready to share at the drop of the hat and always being ready, I took a deep breath and I said something along the lines of, Yes, yeah, sorry about that. We just can't make it. And I uh, swiftly changed conversation. Now, I missed my opportunity there. I totally missed it. But you know what, friends? Sometimes we're going to get it right. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. The good news is there's grace for it, and there's going to be more opportunities. But what you want is to be ready when that opportunity comes that you don't miss it like I did that you're ready to share the good news. And one little thing I think might help you in your back pocket to have is what I call a pocket testimony. And that's when you can practice telling your story of how you came to Jesus with someone in a minute so that you're ready to share the amazing story of what he's done in your life. And, you know, people can take issue with theology. People can take issue with the church. But it's really hard for people to counter someone's personal experience of what Jesus has done in their life because that's your story and you know what it's a game changer it is powerful so three tips on how to prepare your one minute pocket testimony number one keep it short like you all hope this sermon's going to be number two keep it punchy and number three keep it ready your story is powerful. What Jesus has done for you is dynamite. So number two, always be ready. Number three, God will give you the words. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I sometimes find it hard to think of the right thing to say to someone in any given situation. And in our hearts, we might worry we'll get it wrong. We might blow it. They'll 
get cross, maybe. They won't want to talk to us again. And we have that sinking feeling. If I get this wrong, I might lose a friend. Or it might be really awkward. Well, that's why I'm so encouraged by the Apostle Paul's words here in the last bit of our passage today. Because in Ephesians 6 and verses 19 to 20, Paul, who was a major theologian, I mean big-time theologian, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, certainly a big chunk of it. He preached the gospel all over the known world, planting churches wherever he went. Yet in these verses, he can make the most vulnerable and humble request. And he said this, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Notice two things that Paul is praying for here. Number one, Paul, who wrote so much of the Bible, is saying, pray for me that God would give me the right words. Even he felt he needed God to give him the right words. Number two, he then says, pray that I'll be bold, fearless, when I have to speak those words. Now, Paul, as we said, is shackled to a Roman guard at this moment in time. He's facing trial for preaching the gospel, for preaching Jesus, for doing what I'm doing right now, talking about Jesus. And the possible and what ended up being the outcome was the death penalty for him. So we can understand why he's saying, would you pray that God would help me make the most of every moment I get? Because I don't know how many are left, and I want to make the most of them. And pray that I'll have courage not to back down under pressure. So how does God give us these words in these moments of challenge? Well, I just want to give you three quick little things that I do, that many do, that you could try. Number one, pray. <laughs> Most importantly, pray. Paul asks them to pray. And if I'm talking to someone, I'm talking to them, but in my heart I'm praying. And I'm asking God to drop words into my heart that will help. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to stir me so that I can say the right thing in the right moment. Number two, books. We've got so many helpful materials that you can use to get ready to talk to someone. I don't have it at the moment, but on Alpha, there's a little book that looks something like this. That's called Why Jesus? And it's so helpful to think about how to present the gospel to someone who wants to know about Jesus. And you can read it for yourself, but then you can give it to them to take away and read for themselves after they've spoken to you. And then number three, invite them to Alpha. You know that you don't have to have all the answers to everybody's questions. In fact, sometimes it's quite helpful when you don't. Because you can honestly say, when someone asks you something really, really hard, you can go, that is a great question. <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you come with me? We'll go to Alpha and we'll ask them there and see what they think. What a great opportunity to invite your friends to Alpha. Because you see, my friends, every one of us feel the fear when that moment comes when we've got to step out in faith and go for it. But you know what? We are a spirit-filled people. And when we're in that moment, we can call on the Holy Spirit and say, God, come help me because I want you to change this person's life. Would you step in and come and use just me with my simple words to change this person's life? 
And we can all do that. Every sin. No one's excluded. We're all included. So in conclusion, tonight, my first question is, have you put on the wonderful shoes of the gospel of peace for yourself? And is Jesus your confidence and your security in life? If you're in that place I was when I was 17 and you're thinking, I I just want to know Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer at the end that you can pray quietly in your heart and begin that journey with Jesus tonight. If you're not in that place, you can come on Alpha and find out more. That's absolutely fine. And for those of you who have put your trust in Jesus, are you ready to stand your ground, to put on those shoes of the gospel and to carry this amazing, life-transforming good news to the people that you see every day? And are you ready to trust him to give you the words that you need to give the reason for the hope that you have within you? I'm going to pray in a moment, friends, that we would be a people full of the gospel and full of the Holy Spirit and ready to share this amazing good news of peace. I'm going to invite the band just to come up. And just as they're coming up, I'm just going to pray two really simple prayers. Really simple prayer. The first one is for anyone who's in that situation where they, they just feel they're ready tonight to say, I want to follow Jesus. Never done it before. I've heard about it when I was a kid, but I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm going to pray a really simple prayer that consists of three simple things. Number one, we're going to say thank you. Thank you to Jesus for what he did for us. We're then going to say sorry. Sorry for all the things that we have done wrong in our lives. And then we're going to say please. We're going to say please to Jesus to come into our hearts and into our lives and come and be that foundation. Come and be that rock-solid security through every storm and every battle. And then I'm going to pray for all of us that we would be ready to take this news out into the world. But I want to start with that first one. I'm going to ask everyone just to stand, but close your eyes. You don't need to do anything here. This is between you and God. But if you want to take that step tonight, I'm going to pray this prayer, and you can repeat it in, in your own heart after me. I'm going to leave a space. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did for me when you died on that cross. Thank you, you came to rescue me. And tonight, I want to respond to you. I want to say I'm sorry for all the things I've done that I'm ashamed of and where I've let you down. But I want to say, please, would you come into my life tonight? Would you clothe my feet in the wonderful shoes of peace? Would you fill my life with your amazing Holy Spirit? Because I want to follow you the rest of my days. Amen. I now just want to pray for all of us here tonight that we would be ready when those moments come, that we would be ready to respond in faith when someone asks us 
What is this hope you have? So Lord Jesus, but I just want to invite you tonight by your Holy Spirit. Would you come and empower every single one of us in this room tonight? Nobody's left out. Would you come right now and would you fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, and give us the words to say to reveal the glory of your majesty and what you achieved for us. Give us the words to say to help people find out about you. God, would we be those that bring good news, good tidings to a world that needs to know about you. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us now. We want to be yours. We want to be your voice boxes in this world that needs to hear about you. We just invite you now, and as we respond and worship, God, I pray, come and fill us and let us take this moment to say we're going to be ready when you open the door of opportunity. And it's all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.